Hey guys, welcome to the We Are Men podcast. I am your host, Carl Mason. And in this podcast, we sit down and talk with local heroes about life, mental health, and strategies for coping with the day-to-day issues that we all face as men. Our aim with this podcast is to create a space where men can open up and discuss their mental health without the fear of shame or exclusion. I know it can be hard to ask for help as a man, but no man needs to struggle alone. We hope to encourage all men to talk about what they're going through and seek help when they need it. A quick note, this podcast may feature some adult language and suicide may be discussed, which could be triggering for some listeners. These podcasts have been made possible by funding from Country SAPHN. Welcome to the We Are Men podcast, Country South Australia. Today, we are here with Sean Tossov from Cummins South Australia talking about mental health. Uh, Sean, first off, I just want to say a huge thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me today. I have my own personal experience with mental health and having lost uh, a few family members uh, who have died from suicide, I think it's really important to open up the conversation, get more men to talk about what's going on in their head. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Take away the, you know, um, the stigma around doing that. And I think all it yep. can do is help. So thank you a lot for joining us and, and doing no, that. Thank you for having me. Let's kick off from the beginning, Sean. Uh, what kind of stigma do you think that men are up against when it comes to their mental health? Um, I think it comes from feeling um, weak, uh, judged, um, not manly enough, all those um, ter- uh, stereotypical things that men are meant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I put it down to that. Um, yeah, which is funny because, you know, some of, one of the hardest things I found doing was reaching out, talking to people and getting help. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's yeah. it's the, the hardest thing um, you had to do. It's pretty, you got to be pretty tough to do it, I think. Yeah, say. and once you do it, you realise how strong you are. So really, it just flips it all back onto itself and, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's very important. How, um, so how did your mental health journey begin? What kind of okay, started I, you on this journey? I struggled from a really young age, but back then, um, depression and stuff wasn't really talked about um so um I went through my teens um abusing alcohol and drugs and doing all the reckless things that if I got hurt I didn't care kind of thing just to escape what I was going through um it wasn't until probably 1998 when I lost my sister in a car accident uh, she was two months off her 17th birthday and um, I hit rock bottom. I just lost absolute control of my mind, my body, everything. So, um, yeah, my rock bottom was um, suicide attempts. Um, so that's when all the help started. Um, I reached out to the, um, <coughs> excuse me, I um, reached out to the GP um back then there wasn't really much in the community or in a small rural community to talk to it was either get on a plane and fly to glenside or um you know or just go it alone have a cup of coffee and you know sort yourself out kind of thing i thought no that's not enough we need to change this in a small rural town um slowly it has we've got lots and lots of programs here now in the rural community and i work for one of them called our town cummins which is a um community-based mental health initiative so whatever the community think that that will help their mental health 
they come to us, we can help them out. So, yeah, we're not a crisis centre. We're not a drop-in centre for a crisis. We're going to try and avoid that crisis before it hits the psychiatrists and, yeah. It's more of a preventative, getting in there early. That's right, yep. yeah. That, yep. That's amazing. Because I, I know even just from, you know, when I started to seek help uh, and I was living in Sydney at the time, uh, it was hard enough with all of the resources and, you know, all of the um, programs that are around for me to actually get the help I needed. So I can't imagine how, how did that feel being so isolated and feeling like, you know, there's a big hurdle to you getting help. We have to get on a plane. Yeah, it really, it made us, although me and once I started reaching out to my friends, we all realized that there was shit. I mean, sorry, we have to, um, get some help going in this community like because there was people just like me out there but we didn't know the stories um so it really really made us proactive in getting uh programs up and running so in one way i i suppose it was a good thing but for me when i was going through the really bad times it was scary yeah yeah, and it's always that case of you, you, people are holding it in and then as soon as they speak to the people around them, you realise, oh, they're going through the same thing. They yeah. might be holding in the exact same thing. It's just exactly. that yep. stigma of talking yep. about it. Yeah. What's... Um, the, sorry. Sorry. Now, I was just going to ask what you said, you know, you, you turned to you know, the reckless behaviour when you were young. Um, was it just general growing up kind of things or were you going through specific things then? um it was just like riding horses fast with no helmets and wouldn't care if i fell off or um terrible to say i hope my, my kids will probably be listening to this but drink driving and st stuff like that that i just didn't care uh if i got into trouble because if i got into trouble then it might have been a way for me to say what was going on um in my mind kind of thing um but yeah a lot of alcohol a lot of drugs and yeah, wasn't the life I wanted, but it was just my way of coping. Yeah, for sure. I understand that. And what what were you coping with? What were you think you were like numbing, running away from? Um, I was running away from um, a lot of flashbacks and I'm, I'm sure it was uh, PS, uh, PT, post-traumatic stress disorder yeah. um, from child abuse as a kid. Yeah. So uh, we moved from the town where it was happening to right up into the Flinders Ranges. And I just thought it was the bloody best. I was just so far away from um, all the hurt and stuff that I was going through. But then my mind was still, no, nah, you don't want to be here. You don't want to deal with this on your own. And it's just too hard and, you know, but I'm still here. I'm still kicking. I'm still <laughs> telling my story. <laughs> What did uh, what did that journey look like for you? Like that first step in seek, reaching out and seeking help. Okay, um, I spoke to as I said, I spoke to my GP, and then I was referred to someone down in Port Lincoln. Um, so I went down there and had several um, counselling sessions with them, um, and then I was lucky enough to tell my story to the ABC. Um, so that got this, my story out there. People knew why I was the way I was. And then they started to ask me to, every day, how are you? Can I help you? And it was just like, wow, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's like what we're doing now is 
people are coming in and saying, Sean, I know you've been through what I've been through. Can I just talk to you for a minute to see if this is normal? You know, and they leave, wow, that's unreal. I'm, I'm, I'm not alone, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, yeah, it's so important to hear other people's stories of, you know, yeah. how they yeah. sought help and, you know, try to understand yeah. that. Yeah. Everyone's going through similar things, you know, yeah. to different degrees, obviously, but yeah. Just reaching out that first step I found was the hardest to you know, is, jump that hurdle. Yeah. yeah. So someone out there who has maybe never experienced mental health issues, um, you know, so who doesn't kind of relate to it, how would you explain that feeling when it was kind of getting to your worst? It is the blackest, most scariest out-of-body experience you can ever imagine. You can have the most beautiful things around you. Um, I had my kids, they were babies. Uh, I had a wife back then. Um, but none of that beauty was just getting inside me. It was just uh, so black and so dark and so sad that I just thought, nah, the best way is out. No one wants me here. Um, the easiest for everybody is if I wasn't here. I wouldn't have to cope with this, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah, no matter what beauty was there, it just wasn't reaching it. It just, your body's just not letting that in. Yeah, I, I kind of explain it the same as like a disconnect from the yes. real world. It's like yes. all the, the things that are coming towards you, they're not actually hitting. Yeah, and um, the, like you, of... can hear, you can hear the songs, you can hear the songs, you want to tap your feet, you want to sing along, but your body's just like, no, nah, you're not doing that. Yeah, And then as soon as I was starting to come out of it, that's when I realised I was coming out of it. My toes were tapping. I was singing along. I was, you know, yeah. So Yeah, I think the hardest part I, I found is that when you're in it, you don't realise you're in it until you get out. Because yeah. you, know, you start yeah. realising, oh, this is what, like, yeah. this is what good feel, feeling good feels like, or this is what that's employment right. is. And yeah. if you're in it for so long, you just kind of become numb to it. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you kind of explained to us what uh, made you reach out for help in the end. Um, was there a moment in that worst time that you kind of went, all right, I, like, was there something that kind of, you know, pushed you to your edge that you decided, all right, I'm getting help? I, um, I was very, very proactive in getting help. After the first time I reached out, I realised that for my mental health, I had to talk um the more i held it in the worse i got um the last time i was really bad was i was um struggling with my sexuality and um i was married had two kids two adult kids and the doctor just said to me he said um well this is your chance now to live how you need to live if this is how you want to live your life going backwards and forwards with this depression and these suicidal tendencies that's fine but I can't help you here anymore and I went you know what I don't want to live like this anymore so whoever listened I just said yelled out I'm gay I'm gay you know I was just got it all off my all off my chest and now it's just like I don't even think about it anymore I mean I still have my bad days with child abuse <laughs> don't yeah. get me wrong it's yeah. still the flashbacks but I know that suicide and that is just not my path anymore. Oh, that's incredible. So that so, kind of 
just that release of you know yeah you could be true to yourself always i was always i'd fix one thing oh great i'm healed you know i've had the magic cure someone's given me a pill i'm fine then there's something else would come along okay i have to deal with this but there was always that something in the back of my mind saying sean you're not being true to yourself you have to let this out so i just had to come out in the end Yeah. yeah okay what does it feel like that kind of living that lie, like living that kind of pressure, knowing every day oh, that whatever you're doing that's positive, there's something there that you're just not being. Yeah, prepared. it's terrible. Um, you know, I felt like a fraud. I felt like um, I cheated my wife out on 21 years of marriage. Um, I wasn't the father that the kids needed um, or wanted. Um that's what was holding me back from coming out. But then I thought, no, my mental health is more, way more important. I deserve to be here. You know, um, I said to one of my colleagues here at my worst, I thought to myself, right, I'm not going to come out. I'll just leave this earth. So no one needs to know. Um, no one has to be hurt. No one has to go through the pain. And I thought, hang on, but I'm going to miss out on this. I'm going to miss out on this. So I said, bugger it, I'm not going anywhere. People are just going to have to get used to who I am and, you know, accept it or like it or lump it. That's what I say. All those and, things that you, oh, sorry, you go on. No, you go. I was going to say, all those things that you were terrified of once you finally did start living true to yourself, were they a reality or was it, you know? Yeah. Not at all, not at all. Um, my wife and I, we still live in the same town. She's got a new, another partner. Um, she's happy. We still own the house together. I live with my adult daughter. Um, my son's got a 10-week-old um, baby, so I'm a grandfather. Congratulations. Um, they said to me when I, when I came out that they said, Dad, you've been through enough, I'll say it, bullshit, in your life. Are you going to be happy? I said, 100% happy. They said, go for it. And I said, wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, there was tears. Yeah. There was moments where I didn't really want to contact them just in case it was just a fairy tale that I was living in, but it wasn't. It was just, yeah, mind-blowing how the, how resilient they are because they have been through a lot, my kids, yeah. but, yeah, they are very resilient. But I'm sure, you know, on their end, they just wanted you to be happy as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah, and that's always what they have always wanted. How has your, like, from that point, your journey moving forward, um, like, you're obviously doing well now you've got a lot of you know, things going on and you're giving back to the community as well yeah. how has that process been because I feel like some people think it's just all right I turn a corner and I get better but yeah you know, it no, is a bit of a there's journey. always there's always ups and downs but I tell people it's not a race it's just um go with the ride it's like an amusement ride just hang on and just enjoy it as long as you can um I still have my bad days um but I always say a bad day doesn't mean a bad life. You know, it doesn't define, you can have a bad day, that's fine. Don't let it, uh, don't let it manipulate you into having, you know, a week or two weeks of it. So I know now that if I go a couple of days where I uh, pull away from people, I'll go and talk to the doctor or I'll talk to my colleagues here at work and just say, look, this is how I'm feeling. I just need to get it off my chest and um, away I go. Yeah. And do the people around you appreciate that, that you're, you know, vocal about how you're feeling and share it with oh, them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, by helping them helps me. Yeah. And they know that. 
and I've started little groups. Um, I know that we're in a small country town. I know there's the diverse community that I'm in. Uh, I know that they're out there. I just want them to feel like that they can just walk down the street, pop in and say, g'day, how you going, mate? Let's go and have a beer or whatever. Or even the farmer down the road just say, oh, Toss, you know, come down and have a beer down the pub, you know. I know that's a long way off, but seeing me out in the community talking about my mental health, saying who I am, hopefully gives the people courage to yeah get out there and do it. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm sure there's, you know, in other towns, small towns around, you know, people going through similar things. Exactly. Um, yeah. What would you say to them if, you know, they still haven't turned that corner and they're still struggling? Just please do it. Um, it doesn't have to be a medical professional. Just a mate you trust, uh, your mum, your dad. Um, but if it is um, a health professional, make sure it's someone that will let you do it. I had several, several therapists that I went to that were telling me one thing and I'm thinking, oh, I don't agree with you. So I'd go to the next one. And the one that I found was a bloke that said, well, how do you want to, how do you want to uh, run this? I went, well, I want to do this. He said, right, off we go. Let's do it. You know, I took control of how I wanted to deal with my mental health. I wasn't getting told you have to take this pill. You have to do this, 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 this. So yeah, I think I to the blokes out there, um, yeah, find someone that will let you, you know, structure your getting back to where you want to be. I think that's really important because I know I went through three or four psychologists before I found one that, you know, kind of willing to work with me and, you know, help guide me in the way I want yeah. to do things. And yeah. I think people should know that it's, you know, you, you don't just can't just go to the first one and everything's going to be perfect. You've really no. got to no. push, push to, you know, get yourself, yeah. get yourself to that yeah. point. And it's the same with medication. Don't have your first medication and the first day think, well, nothing's happening. Give it a couple of months. I went through four different trials before I found the right one that I'm on, you know. And, uh, yeah, but you just got to stick with it. Yeah. It's not a race, unfortunately. Definitely. Very, very important because I was the same. You know, it's funny with some of the medications, it takes six to eight weeks to work. And, you know, if you're going through three, four medications, it's kind of like six months is passing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when's this going to, when's this going to start working? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If you stick with it, it, it ends up working out, which is what yeah. I found as well. So just one of the last things, Sean, could you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now in the community to um, try to get your story out there and help other men who might be in a similar situation? Yeah. Okay. So as I said before, I've told my story to the ABC. So that's out there on the, on the line online. Um, I work for Our Town Cummins, which is the um, community-based um, mental health initiative. Um, so we've got our office space that I'm sitting into now, plus we've got a community space next door. Uh, we're running the youth there on every Thursday. The youth come in and play some table tennis and have coffee and chocolate biscuits and that after school. Uh, we're going to try and get help desks set up. Um, not help, uh, hot desks, sorry. Um, so people can work in there for away from home and stuff like that because the internet's dodgy out here in the yeah. rural communities. Um, yeah, I'm getting the um, the LGBTQ. I'm still getting the names of these <laughs> different groups we're in. I'm getting pamphlets made up at the moment just to say that we're here if anyone needs to talk before it gets to the crisis stage because I honestly don't want anyone to feel like I did when I was going through mine 
So if I can make it easier for anybody out there, um, just yeah, hit me up and I'll certainly talk you through it. That's amazing, Sean. Um, I'd love to know what you think is the biggest myth about male mental health. The biggest myth is you're weak. You're not weak. You are going through something that some people don't understand or been through. But once you make that step to get help, you'll feel like the strongest warrior out there. And I still call myself a warrior. I, I, I fight nearly every day, but I'm still fighting. And that's bloody strong. Yeah. And for a gay man, it's pretty sexy too if you get help. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that terminology. I've heard it before. A few men um, saying they're warriors and, you know, they're fighting. Like it's easy for a man to throw a punch, but to fight for yeah. the right things, to fight for your yeah, mental health, for exactly. your you know, your family, for you to have a life that you want to enjoy living, that's yep. the hardest thing to fight for. That's right. And yep. so I think, yeah, definitely, I think it makes you, you know, tough and strong yeah. if you can do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, Sean, I think I've covered everything I wanted to ask. I just want to say a massive thank you, uh, no, thank for, you for sharing your story, for your honesty, courage. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure the people who see this will really appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, some people out there who hear this and watch this um, do take that step and seek help because absolutely they're hearing yeah. the more you talk about it, fellas, the better it is. Yeah, so true. So true. Amazing, Sean. Well, thank you so All much. Right. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. A huge thank you to our guest. Make sure you head to wearemen.com.au for more information about the project and for a list of services that are available to men out there who want to learn how to be a man who talks. See you guys next week.